That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. We're delighted, of course, to have you with us, and today we'll continue to take up the case against Michael Sussman, attorney for the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign. The testimony of the FBI's former general counsel, James Baker, and the testimony of Robbie Mook, Clinton's 2016 campaign manager, have already produced extraordinary testimony and evidence and amazing headlines like this in the Marxist corporate media. Hillary Clinton personally approved plan to share Trump-Russia allegation with the press in 2016. That was, ready for it, CNN. Hillary Clinton did it. That from the Wall Street Journal. Trump next to testimony that Hillary Clinton spread discredited Russia claims that headlines in the Daily Mail, also in which Trump calls the Clinton-Russia scandal one of the greatest scandals in history. And Trump asks, where do I get my reputation back? That effort has begun in a federal district court in Washington, D.C. And watching those proceedings is a man who was attacked, smeared, and persecuted by many of the same people, organizations, and government agencies that tried to overthrow President Trump. He's our guest here today. He's General Michael Flynn. In my opinion, no other member of President Trump's administration suffered more at the hands of the dark forces that permeate our federal government and the Democrat Party than General Flynn. General Flynn, of course, was President Trump's national security advisor. He was national security advisor when he was set up by the FBI, and he was persecuted by the Justice Department for more than three years until finally Attorney General William Barr ordered the case dropped after newly discovered evidence proved that none of General Flynn's statements were ever material to any FBI investigation. Remember, he was facing one charge, lying to the FBI. And then Judge Emmett Sullivan broke with legal tradition and fought the Department of Justice order to drop the criminal charges and didn't relent for months. And by then, President Trump had pardoned General Flynn. Looking back over that history, I have to tell you, I still don't understand how the United States of America could have permitted the persecution, the ongoing persecution of a sitting president and his national security advisor, how a president was forced to defend himself against two impeachments, a special counsel investigation, and an almost year-long FBI investigation before all of that. General Flynn, I'm proud to tell you, preparing to have his day in court, preparing to bring lawsuits against some of those who've wronged him and this country, who've inflicted great pain on the general and his family. And it appears now that General Flynn will have the reckoning that, in my opinion, he certainly is due for all that he has suffered. Joining us now is Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, retired. Welcome, General, to the Great America Show. Let's start with your notice to the DOJ that you will be suing individuals, private individuals now, who once worked for the federal government and who engaged in corrupt behavior 
against you. You certainly, in my opinion, as I said, deserve an accounting. Well, first of all, Lou, thank you and thank your audience. And uh, thank you really for everything that you've done for uh, not only media and journalism, but for the country uh, and and basically continuing to push the truth. And and you know it as well as I do, how how difficult when you do that and what happens to you. Um, Anyway, I yeah, I mean, it's something... So, yes, and it's uh, and I've gotten a lot of really, really positive feedback from many Americans around the country thanking me for taking this step. And essentially what I've done is I've put the Department of Justice on notice for all of the individuals who are now private citizens, people like Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, you know, all of the hoodlums, John Brennan, Jim Clapper, Joe Brandon Biden and and uh, Barack Hussein Obama, all of them, because they are now uh, private citizens. And so I let the Department of Justice know that I uh, intend to uh, sue those individuals who are former members of the FBI, the intelligence community, the Department of Justice, and and including the White House. Uh, And the claim that I'm, you know, I'm filing for is $50 million of money is, has zero consequence to me. You know, honestly, it's the principle and it's the accountability. Uh, And it is a civil action. It's a civil action. So it's not a criminal action that I can take. It's a civil action. And it's certainly within my rights as a U.S. citizen for the egregious and outrageous, uh, uh, you know, basically corrupt behavior that they took against not only me and my family, but against, uh, you know, the presidency of the United States uh, and the country itself. And they, the you know, the case of of General Mike Flynn, me, that, that they uh, that they did and how they how they did it, how they executed it uh, is was really an assault on on American democracy, uh, because what we know now and I've known really all along. Uh, but what we now know uh, it, and, and if you're for those Americans, for those listeners that are paying attention to the Sussman case and reading all the filings and all that kind of stuff like I do. Um, we now see that the Russia, Russia, Russia gate against Donald Trump and against the American presidency and against the Donald Trump presidency uh, was a false fake. It was an attempted coup to take out a duly elected president of the United States of America. And you know, while there were others that uh, that they did go after, you know, the the one um, person. Uh, and as described, as described in what what is called exculpatory information, which is which is information that is sh- should be given to a a defendant, and that and namely me, that was never given to me. One of the key pieces of exculpatory information was something that Peter Strzok, talking to his his lover uh, Page, who was also a senior FBI lawyer to the deputy director of the FBI. I don't want people to forget that. So these are very senior people in the FBI. And Peter Strzok, who used to run counterintelligence, said we, uh, you know, he, he described me as their insurance policy. So we know that now. And yep. we also know one last comment on this is that from Durham, from the Durham case, which I know is, is taking far too long for most Americans, but this is the way our legal system plays out. We now know from a, a meeting uh, that Andrew McCabe was in, and I believe it was in his office, uh, that it was in March of 2017, where Andrew McCabe said, 
we have to keep this thing going for at least another year. So they conspired after President Trump took office, and it was right after I left. And they and and in their notes, in their in their notes in that meeting that are now public in the Durham investigation or from the Durham investigation, it says we have to keep this Russia thing going, even though they knew the whole thing was false. So as excuse my Irish, but as pissed off as people are, Lou, in the country to achieve accountability, I believe Durham will will uh, will find more accountability. And back to what uh, what we're talking about, my my means by which I am going to get accountability is to sue these bastards again. Excuse me, but to sue these bastards for uh, and 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 take them to court. And I believe once we execute this, I believe that mo- initially they'll try to fight it, but then they're all going to sudden go, oh, we better we better settle this thing because uh, then we go into discovery, and none of these people want their personal notes, their personal cell phones, like they, like they did to me. One, one last thing, because I just, I, I wrote a note to myself here because I wanted to raise it in all this discussion. I, I also learned, and, and, I, and I'd like you to, if you don't mind, is to post the, uh, the, the, uh, the action that we put into the DOJ. Maybe, maybe your producer can post it for me on, on, your, on your web. And in Absolutely. It, yeah, in it, we talk about where we now know that I was under a, a, uh, a FISA. Okay. I was under a FISA illegally. So th- this, the outrageousness, Lou, that these people, the steps that these people took, and, and, I, and I don't, these are not Americans. These are, these are people who are anti-American. They, they are, as far as I'm concerned, they're, you can call them whatever name, socialist, communist, Marxist, whatever, but they are definitely not uh, Americans as, as I would describe an American. And they need to no. be held accountable. I don't think most of us would describe them as Americans. Uh, I, I don't know what to call people like this because they, their arrogance uh, for them to, to to go after you uh, as uh, a, the, the president's national security advisor, uh, to go after you as a three-star general, former head of DIA, uh, with your distinguished, decorated record of serving the nation. Uh, and to go after you. and these people, uh, as you, as I have looked over the, these, some of these uh, folks at the FBI in particular, these are these are just awful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they're fancy bureaucrats playing G men, uh, and and uh, national security men and women. Uh, yeah, I just, mean, they're, you stunning. know, they're very they're. Their arrogance will be their downfall, though, Lou. And I think for, for your audience, and I think for a lot of Americans that I talk to and I engage with you know, over, over time, the, the arrogant attitude that they are above the law, they're above you know, us, right? People like you and I and, and the sort of the regular Americans out there who... who continue to want to respect the rule of law. Americans, regular old Americans, we want to respect our institutions, particularly our law enforcement institutions. And I love our law enforcement professionals out there across this country. But there is a there is a dark pool of people in particularly in Washington, DC, in uh, in in some of these institutions, in some of these headquarters, and they've been there way too long. And they have been allowed allowed to get out of control, and 
uh, and I, I will tell you because I've served uh, many, many presidents, but I served in the in the uh, Obama administration as a very senior, you know, what we call flag officer, a general officer. In fact, Obama was the one that selected me to to uh, command the Defense Intelligence Agency, one of the largest intelligence agencies in the world. And then I had to get right. confirmed by the United States Senate. I was 100% fully confirmed by the United States Senate for that job. So this this dark pool. Uh, and we've learned that it's it, that it's very deep. And this is when we talk about the deep state, right? So this dark, deep pool that exists in, in the swirl of Washington, D.C. Uh, is, a, is so swampy and it's filled with these people. And they are now starting to feel they're going to now start to feel the pain. Some of it they're feeling through the Durham investigation. And I don't call it the Durham report. I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to call it the Durham report. It's not a report. I don't want a report out of out of Durham. I want indictments, and yep. and I want convictions. And so I'm doing my part, Lou, by saying, you know, I fought this thing, and you, you were one of those stalwart champions who who continued to just report the truth at all throughout the RussiaGate, and and uh, you know, and and I think you you also felt and and probably were to a degree persecuted. And, uh, you know, but here we are having this great communication having this great conversation because we are continuing to fight in our own ways. And uh, this is one of the, the battles. And, you know, and the, for those that, that are your listeners that are veterans or military people out there, you know, everybody understands when I say I, I have various lines of operations, right? I have lines of operations. <laughs> well, this is one of my lines of operations to achieve my my internal objective, which is to hold people accountable and to do what we can to protect this great country of ours, Lou, which which you are one of the champions uh, of it, particularly in the media world. And, and I'm just thankful that you uh, you did not, you know, uh, just, you know, dry up and go away. You you stayed in the mix and you continue to fight the good fight and you continue to report the truth. And uh, that's what the American people, all the American people want. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tough sometimes uh, to accept the consequences of truth, yeah. but uh, there is nothing that makes you feel better uh, when you put your head down on your pillow. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's my pleasure, my privilege to have this uh, small microphone uh, in this big old country of ours, but it's, uh, it's a, a responsibility too, as you well know, and what mm -hmm. I want to say in return for those kind words is the whole country thanks you for having the guts to handle it as you did and to be now seeking justice. And this is a moment I will tell you, I find absolutely uh, thrilling to think that we are another step forward through your lawsuit uh, and through the actions that you will probably have to take uh, to get to larger truths. Uh, which you know, yep. uh, but will have to be uh, revealed in, in the legal process. Uh, the country owes you a tremendous debt. Uh, and I've got to start with Barack Obama, if I may. Mm -hmm. for, for Obama to tell Trump not to choose you, to warn him off you, uh, why, why do you think he did that? I know, I'll tell you exactly why he did it. He did it because of really a couple of reasons. One, one of the reasons is, is because he knows that I know how they operate. Okay. And when I say they, how 
the internal uh, um, levers of the highest levels of government, particularly the intelligence community, or, or what I now refer to as the security state complex, okay, the security state complex, which really uh, emanates out of the uh, out of the Central Intelligence Agency and and to a degree the Director of National Intelligence and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. But but uh, you know Clapper was was really just a figurehead because even though he spent many many years, in fact decades in in the intelligence business, uh, he you know I, there, I had conversations with him about you know what I when I thought he should have stepped away from government. And he should have stepped away from government probably five, maybe 10 years prior to when he did. But they kept him in the in the Office of Director of National Intelligence because he was he was controllable. But the guys like Brennan were not and uh, not necessarily controllable. But he, Brennan was part of the sort of the cabal, if you will, of of that close inner circle around Barack Obama. So I so number one, I know how they I know how those levers function. The second thing is, is as the National Security Advisor, which which they which they were uh, desperately afraid of me going into that role or, and staying there for any length of time, because one of the things that the National Security Advisor has uh, uh, the privilege of and the access to is all FISAs related to the kinds of things that we were that I that mm. I was under. So the National Security Advisor will be. In some cases, in in fact, many cases, the one who approves those or certainly can either approve or disapprove of them and will have a voice, a major voice in them. The, the third thing is that, you know, it's not just how they how the levers of, of the security state function and, uh, and and certain tactical things like, you know, knowing what FISAs are in play, but the there is a. Uh, uh, you know, and I and I I would say that it's really an atonement for their sins, uh, for this security state that's that's grown well well past its uh, its authorities, and there is a there there is an extraordinary and when, and I I use that word probably it's probably not the best word to use, but there's an extraordinary amount of money involved in the security state that most Americans. Uh, can't even fathom and don't and aren't aware of, and every single dollar comes out of the American people's pockets. And I want I want to make sure that there was an accounting for that, uh, because I, as the National Security Advisor, I would have, uh, you know, certainly with the with the you know with the permission and the and the uh, given the responsibility by the President of the United States, which he and I had talked about it, uh, I would have done some atonement for those. Uh, structures in the security state and the way that they were wasting or abusing their authorities uh, and power, and particularly the amounts of money that we're talking about. I won't go into the amounts because some of them are remain classified, but but they're extraordinary. And uh, and though they knew that I was coming after those to essentially do an accounting and to make sure that we did what you know in the in the world of the IRS let's say they call it auditing right Lou they call it auditing right so that was one of the things that I was going to uh, to do and um and I think the final thing was at the height of the cold war which is roughly 1990 the uh, national security council so we had you know we were facing off against the nuclear on nuclear forces we had massive amounts of troops in Europe. We had massive amounts of troops overseas in, 
in the Pacific. We had the, our largest military forces in the world, not only here in the United States, but also overseas. In 1990, there was about 40 people that were on the National Security Council. The day that I took over, there were 400. Okay, Susan Rice, Susan Rice, she, you know, she never saw, you know, something that she couldn't add more, more to her own little uh, empire, right? So 400 people on the National Security Council. And my goal was to get that back down to a reasonable number, probably somewhere is around 40 or 50. And it doesn't mean that those people are fired. It just means that they go back to their, to the agencies that they come from, right? And because there's so, as we learned, as you, as you saw, all of us saw, the American public saw, we saw nothing but spies inside of the National Security Council that were usurping, under, undermining the president, uh, the presidency and, the, and President Trump constantly. And we needed to get rid of these people and shake things up a bit because that's what Donald Trump really was elected to do was to shake things up. And he did. And, uh, and I, you know, I feel, I feel bad that, that, uh, because he and I have a great relationship. We still have a great relationship. I, I'm in touch with them all the time. And we've always had a great relationship. It's just that it, it was undercut Lou and I'll, I'll shut up here and say it was undercut by not only, not only people in the Obama camp, uh, but also people in the establishment rhino camp who I actually see them as more dangerous. The rhinos have done more damage to this country than I think uh, the Republican Party ever wants uh, an audit of. I want to ask you something, because, and I, this is a bit of a digression, but nothing so much has shocked all of us over the time. But when I found out you're talking about the staffing of the National Security Council, when I learned that Colonel Vindman had a twin brother who was also in the White House, both of them assigned by the United States military to their roles, which, by the way, are very suspect still to me to this day. I, it is still an inexplicable uh, arrangement. Could you shed any light on that? And does that did that seem off to you uh, as well? Well, you know the the fact of two brothers serving in a in a uh, in in a situation like that, I don't um, I don't see any issues with that. What I saw and what the American public saw was a lieutenant colonel who who went so over the top and outside of the chain of command, and we're not talking about some lieutenant colonel who was griping about his brigade commander or, or the or some general in some some you know two-star command or something we're talking about a guy who was undercutting the president of the united states of right. america and and vinman and his brother both are they're talking about you know i mean i i won't i won't use my irish on you but um that they, they, you know the the one that was talking about becoming the you know whatever the defense minister or or the of Ukraine, you know, right I mean, just incredible. This guy, you know, the, the, again, it goes back to the arrogance of these people when they when somebody pats them on the head and says, oh, you're you're one of our guys. Right. You're in our inner circle. And they brought this Vindemann in, but not because he was he was, uh, you know, uh, he was a high quality officer. He is not. They brought him in because he's a useful idiot, just like what what mm -hmm. communists typically do. And he was useful for a period of time. And trust me, these people, well, they'll, they'll, they'll dump these people in a second. They'll, they'll, 
throw them to the wayside in a second. And they, and in many cases they do. And, you know, you see a guy like a, like a Vindeman and his, you know, and his brother, it's, it's like two people and you start to say to yourself, man, you know what, somebody ought to be doing a, a, uh, an investigation on these guys because maybe one or both are working for the other side. Maybe these guys are actually co-opted and have been, and have been recruited by our enemy uh, because they're acting in a way that is so anti-American and for the, for the, uh, the uniform side of it, for, you know, where, in the uniform, you have a chain of command and you have a responsibility to go up that chain of command and inform that chain of command that you disagree with something. And that guy proved that he never, that that never happened. And instead, what did he do? He went, he goes right out to the public, but not in a whistleblower way, in a very arrogant, very egregious way. And he tried to undercut and what this is what everybody, this is what where Americans are at with, with uh, the, their sentiment, but where a lot of people on the left think that they're going after Donald Trump or they're going after Mike Flynn or they're going after, you know, some in, some named person. No, they're not, folks. They're going after you. They're going after the American fabric. They are trying to tear down the American fabric. They're trying to tear down our country. That's what these people are trying to do. That's why the American people, Lou, are so PO'd and just so irritated with everything that's happening. And that's why the American people want accountability. So anytime we can fight back, and I know and haven't spoken to uh, President Trump and, and I didn't know some of what I'm, actions I'm taking, uh, we, we are not going to stop fighting for the American people. And uh, because we, we not only owe it to our own families, just personally, uh, for, for, you know, for, to, to not quit. But we owe it to the American people to not quit because, uh, you know, just some of us, I, I know, I know myself, I, I believe I know, and you know, Donald Trump very well. I mean, we're just not people that are going to back down from a fight. And, uh, you know, you might get a, you might get a, a, you know, a swat across the head or a, a brick or a baseball hat across the head and knocks you down to your knees, but you get off your knees, you brush that, that bruise off and you, and you step right back into the ring. And, uh, and I, you know, as you are, and as I am, and as I know Donald Trump continues to do, and there's, there are others, there are other champions that are out there. And it's not to pat ourselves on the back. It's to say, look, we can't give up on this country. And when we talk about these yard birds, like the Vindenman brothers, I mean, these people, again, these are, to me, they're anti-American. They present themselves as against the constitution of our country, uh, in a way that, you know, it's, you know what, buddy? If you don't like what's happening, go overseas, go over in, into Eastern Europe and go find yourself a new job that, or a new life if that's what you want. Be my guest. Uh, you know, Eric Charmala, uh, uh, CIA, attached to, to the White House. Mm-hmm. The Benman Brothers, attached to the White House National Security. Uh, it's, just, it's just too pat. Uh, and the result is something that is so uh, effortless for the left. Uh, Adam Schiff had his day uh, with the best place people imaginable to create the consternation that uh, he and others sought. Uh, Who are all these people? You talked about the corrupt intel. It seems, though, as though just as the American people are barraged by disinformation 
and misinformation campaigns, influence campaigns every day by our, our, our enemies around the world, it seems like most of the disinformation, misinformation campaigns are being driven by the federal government to the American people. Right. I, I've got to be wrong. No, you're, you're not. You're not. And, and so Chira Morella and the, and, the, and the Vindmans, and there were others that were left by the uh, Obama administration and not just in the National Security Council and inside of the, you know, the orifices of the White House, but all over the, uh, the government in the Department of State, Department of Defense, Department of Commerce, certainly, most definitely inside of the, the apparatus of the United States intelligence community. Uh, and and other departments, uh, agencies, and activities, and they were left there to basically undercut anything that Donald Trump was going to try to attempt to do, uh, because they they uh, you know the anointed one after after Obama uh, was was uh, you know Hillary right so now the, their plan was eight years of Obama, eight years of Hillary. And, and the United States of America would no longer be a democracy. It would be a, a socialist country run by a group of elites. And that's essentially what they're trying to do right now. And I'm not kidding in that. And you can go and look up, you know, the go, go have your readers read the book, The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. Right. Uh, have, him, have him read this, his newest book, The Great Narrative by Klaus Schwab. Look up people like Yuval Noah Harari. Look up, you know, some of the comments and statements particularly recently by Bill Gates. I mean, these are these are real things that this whole issue with uh, the World Health Organization, right? I mean, people are now starting to pay attention to what this World Health Organization dictum may be. Uh, their meeting is the 22nd through the 24th of May. And we're going to see some things come out of that. The White House has already been talking about this since January. I mean, this nonsense about this disinformation board that the, yes. that the Biden, you know, that it's it's like like Orwell's Ministry of Truth. I mean, but I did I did read today where where the um, the uh, administration is now backing away from that. Uh, but here's what I want people to know. I want people to know that uh, they won't just back away from it uh, because they're, they're, they, they want this. Their their ability to create this information is 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 staggering. What they'll do. Uh, you know, there's a there's an article out there today that talks about they paused the Ministry of Truth, right? Mm-hmm. Or this this, this, this disinformation board. But here's my guess, Lou, and I and I, you know, I hope that I'm wrong, but I typically what they do when they when something goes awry for them, like CRT, critical race theory that they're teaching in our education system to children, right? So they no longer call it CRT because you know it has the word race in it, right? Critical race theory. And it just it just sounds racist, right? I mean, but the left loves this kind of stuff. So all they did was they changed the name of it to social emotional learning, right? It makes it yeah. much cleaner, softer, S- right? SEL. Exactly. SEL, not so social emotional learning. How can you not want that? You know, and, and it's the same damn thing. So my guess is that they're going to take this disinformation board and they're, and I'm, 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 I'm just going to guess at this. I, this is total speculation, but my guess is they'll, they'll probably call it something like the office of government compliance, right? <laughs> and, and ensuring that the people comply with the government, whatever the hell that means. So you're, you're going to see this. They're not going to give up on it. They're just, they will soften the language. 
but they will continue to do the exact same thing. So let, let me just take a, a, a brief minute sure. or two to kind of talk about what is all this? I mean, where did all this come from? And so one of the things that people need to know about our country is that the Communist Party of America has been around for a long time, been around since the turn of the last century, actually. Um, and then this, this other, and, they, and it still exists, still exists. But there's this other component called the Democratic Socialist Party of America, the DSPA. It's very real. Um, and there are members of Congress right now that are members of the Democratic Socialist Party of America. There are, we have in my, my uh, investigations and in my, uh, you know, uh, out and about as, I, as we look at, at local level issues like school boards, we have discovered people even down as, as, as far down in the, in, the, in the structure and hierarchy that are members of this Democratic Socialist Party of America on school boards. And so there is this incursion, or a better word is probably infiltration, not only of our government uh, and the government apparatus and the government structures, but it comes all the way down into the, into the very deep fabric of American society. And it's very real. These people are very real. So it's not just a, a small percentage of, of uh, loose cannons in, in Washington, D.C., this infiltration by these this socialist movement in America has gone all the way down into the into our counties and our our cities, and uh, so that that exists. That's why it feels on a, on any given day that people are. It's like wow, they they're really moving fast because Donald. What Donald Trump did was he beat he beat them at their own game. Right, 2016, he became the president. They tried to undercut him. They tried to impeach the, the guy twice. They, you know, they came after people like me. They came after people like him, and they tried to undercut this country. What Donald Trump actually did was he he put such a bright light and exposed this this corruption, this deeply held uh, grip uh, on our country, and uh, that's that's internal, Lou. And for your audience, that's internal. So these are people that are actually functioning and operating inside of our own government structures from, from the, you know, from uh, Washington, DC, all the way down to, you know, whatever County or whatever town you're in and it, and people that your audience, you know, everybody that's listening knows they are, they know this because they're seeing it in their own, in their own towns and counties. The other thing that we have to understand is that since, since really uh, the collapse of the Soviet union, but this actually dates back if you really understand your, our history dates back to after World War um, uh, II, but really since the collapse of the Soviet Union and the, and the end of the Cold War, there has been this infiltration by communist countries, China principally and Russia, into our country, okay? And they've done it through coming into our education system. I mean, the Chinese back in the late 90s, early 2000s, the Chinese were sending 100, 200,000 students a year to our uh, undergraduate and graduate level programs. Now that number is upwards of around five hundred thousand a year. And uh, while 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 uh, Kerry was the Secretary of State, he actually allowed the Chinese students to stay to stay two years. So normally it was one year out of pop. They'd go home in the uh, in the summer, and then they'd come back. And you know, and they they're they're attending all of the best schools in the country, right? And they're not taking liberal arts degrees. They're taking 
all of this science, technology, engineering, and math, right? They're taking all of the really hard sciences because that's what they're directed to do. And this is China picking their best students and sending them here. And so uh, under under John Kerry, Secretary of State, he said, well, let's let them stay for two years. So a lot of these students started taking up internships. And guess where they would take internships? They take internships inside of our government in many cases, inside of those 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 uh, higher those places of higher education, right? That had labs and that had uh, you know defense department contracts, and they took up uh, 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 internships and jobs in some of our businesses around the country. So the the Chinese since really let's just say two thousand, but it goes even back further than that. But let's just say since two thousand, so for twenty two years or 20, two decades. They have been studying every aspect of us. This is really the Chinese more so than the Russians. The Russians are, are sort of you know brute force and ignorance kind of style. Chinese are very sophisticated. And so that infiltration has also been occurring. And so when we talk about, you know, because I know we wanted to we wanted to touch on people like Mark Esper and some of his nonsense about his time as in this right. book that he put out. And we wanted to talk about Jake Sullivan, the current national security advisor and, and mistakes being made. I mean. We, we have an egregious level of behavior right now by uh, this Biden, quote unquote, this Biden administration, right? Um, and I, like I say, and I'm very, uh, uh, I'm, I'm very uh, visible, I guess, about this, you know, that, uh, that you know, this election was, was so grotesquely uh, stolen. Uh, masterfully, I'll give them that credit, it was masterfully done. It was, it was a masterful strategy. But it was, uh, but we're, you know, so we're living in a, you know, we say elections have consequences, fake elections have even grave consequences. Well, so, so the behavior that we're experiencing right now and the speed of which they're operating, because it, it's beyond people like the Mark Espers or the Jake Sullivans, because there's bigger fish here in this deep, dark pool that we are all swimming in, particularly in and around those of us like me, those of us like Donald Trump, and those of us that have sort of those higher, you know, bigger platforms. Um, and, and I think the American people, in fact, I know the American people uh, appreciate uh, what, what it is that we're doing, but I want your audience and I want any other audiences that listen to this conversation between myself and you, Lou, to understand that we also need every single American to, to now stand up, step up and speak up and and get involved in your communities because there's a real infiltration that has occurred both domestically and from a foreign perspective into our government structures. Socialism, communism, Marxism are very real things and and they exist inside of the fabric of America today more than I think anybody ever imagined. And uh, and we, we have this madness over in Eastern Europe going on where we're going to give $40 billion to, you know, a, a, the most corrupt, one of the most corrupt countries on the planet. I think they're number two, Lou, I won't give them the number one, uh, you know, their number, I think they're rated number two by our own state department. So 40 billion. And what is the, the, the num, you know, the, the Zelensky do, he invites, he invites uh, uh, Bono over for a bit, for a concert. I mean, it, it, you can't make this up. And, and yet we have 55,000 homeless veterans on the streets of America. We have an invasion taking place on our southern border. We're upwards of 3 million uh, people from 152 countries, Lou, 
just this past year. Yeah. I mean, and, and we don't even know the full extent of the illegals in this country. These are people here illegally. We've been talking about this for a long time. They ruin our school systems. They ruin our healthcare system. They, they bring the scourge of narcotics like fentanyl, which is just killing. It's actually killing police officers now because if you touch it, it's so powerful. The cops that we have out on the streets, they, they got to use rubber gloves to touch it because if they touch it with their fingers, it can get into their bloodstream and kill them. I mean, we, we have, and th this stuff is coming from China. It's coming from Mexico. Uh, you know, there's no way in the world, if somebody says to me, well, we're dealing, we're doing, you know, I know we have to do trade and all that. We're starting to look at these drug cartels, which are controlling the, 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 uh, the country of Mexico. And if the country of Mexico, if the president of Mexico were to stand there and tell me, oh, that's you're full of it, Flynn, I'd tell him, prove it to me, prove it to me, because I know what these guys are up to. I know the I know the the, the dregs of society that run these organizations. And and it, to them, it's all about power and money. And and they corrupt those two elements, corrupt every element that that touches it, particularly down when we talk about the Mexican government. So all of these things together is why we feel today in this country, like when we say to ourselves, what the hell is going on? Why is this happening? It's because we sort of, we the people, we need to take and uh, and get involved more. So I, I tell people, don't blame who's whoever is elected. We're going through all these tough primaries now. Don't blame whoever you know is in, is in Washington or you're at your state capitol or whoever your mayor is or whoever your county commissioner is. You put them there by your vote or your lack of getting involved in the campaign of something that somebody that you did want. So people of this country have to get involved. This is a this is a republic. This is a democracy. We still have a constitution and God help us. We're going to you know, we have to have more people uh, continue to fight for it using whatever God given talents they've got using whatever platforms they got. But we've got to do this. General, I couldn't agree with you more, and uh, it's uh, been fascinating listening to you and talking with you today. Uh, I have to say that uh, we, I beg every day for people uh, listening to this broadcast to to get involved as volunteers. Uh, get involved because it's the place you have the greatest control and have the greatest influence. Uh, we desperately need everybody, as you say to get engaged in this one, for sure. General, I, I have to say, as we wrap up here, that, that everything you've said today is fascinating. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I assume that the audience is as well. Uh, I want to say again, thank you for joining us here today. I hope you'll be back soon. Uh, and we wish you Godspeed with everything you're doing, your lawsuit, uh, your initial claims, and those that must follow. Um, and uh, we will be cheering you on, I guarantee you. Thank you, Lou, and thank you to your audience and uh, for all that they uh, stand for and all that you continue to stand for, and uh, God bless you. God bless this beautiful country of ours, and uh, and I I would tell you that, we, you know, I, I the next time I come on, and I want to come on again very soon, because I, what I'd like to talk about is the winning that we're doing out across the uh, landscape of this beautiful country of ours at you know, we've got over 200 school boards that have been turned over since November. So that's a good, that's a big victory. And I want people to know that those kinds of things are happening. So Terrific. maybe the next time we come on, we talk about some of the winning that we're doing. Okay. You called today. We're, we'll be here for you. All right. God bless, buddy. See you. Thank you. Thank you to you, your whole team. Thank you very much. God bless you, General Flint.
Thanks for being with us, everybody. Tomorrow here, we'll be talking with the War Room, Steve Bannon. Wednesday, our special guest is President Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States. I just love saying that, as you may have noticed. Well, we have a lot to talk about tomorrow with Steve Bannon, the Durham Special Counsel Trials in D.C. We want to hear Steve's reaction to testimony by Hillary Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook that she personally approved the Russian collusion lies and attack on President Trump. And we know now the FBI knew all of it, all of it was a lie, was false. And we'll be talking with him as well about the war on Ukraine, the Biden economy, and General Milley's prediction to West Point cadets at their graduation that they would be one day soon fighting global wars against China and Russia. You don't want to miss any of that. Please be with us for Steve Bannon. That's tomorrow. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.